Welcome to Books with Bitches. I'm Maria. And I'm Madison. Welcome. And today we are doing our buzz review of The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornichek. Gornichek, thank you. Yay! Madison, if you'd like to do your opening. Yeah, so if you want to follow us on Instagram, uh, subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, where our DMs on Instagram are always open if you want to be a guest or talk to us. And if you don't want to use Instagram, you can always email us at bookswbitches, bitches is spelled with a one, at gmail.com. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, book recommendations or ratings, you can leave them there. Yay. Do you know of any other media like The Witch's Heart? No. No, because this is the first uh, Norse mythology book that I've even actually heard of. See, you're thinking... Too much in the box. Uh, are you gonna say, like, Marvel? I'm gonna say the Red Tent, bitch. Oh. Because it's a mythology. Why you gotta call me a bitch, first of all? It's books with bitches. (laughs) Aggressive. But, no, the Red Tent, because it's a quote-unquote mythology told from the woman's perspective when it's usually told from the man's. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is a mythology. Told from a woman's perspective. When we were reading Song of Achilles, you said uh, The Silence of the Girls. Even though I haven't read it, I'm going to assume that it's like that. And then I have... Do I have it, physically? No, I think it's still at my mom's house. Um, Song of the Sparrow, which is um, King Arthur, told from Elaine's point of view. Guess you don't know who Elaine is. Forgotten woman in mythology. Agrabota. Forgotten Woman in Mythology. Dina, Forgotten Woman in Mythology. You're like, you're annoying. What are you drinking today? I'm drinking water. I'm in a cut again, so I can't drink alcohol for the next four to eight weeks. Wow. But yeah, um, I'm drinking mead. I feel like that's a occurrence or I common love, occurrence. Okay, I love mead. And whenever we do like weird mythology shit, it's the oldest form of alcohol and... A lot of cultures do it, so mead. I'm drinking the last of my shitty mead. I have my fancy mead that I opened. Oh. Got it in Munich. Were you the one that told me if mead ends with an E, that's me that means it was made with honey? No, if mead ends with an E, it's a winery that just added honey to white wine. Oh. Whereas mead is fermented honey and water. Because the sugar in honey naturally ferments. So it's its own kind of alcohol. It's not wine, because there's no grapes. Huh, okay. But it's honeyed wine, technically. Even though I said it wasn't wine. It's not wine. <laughs> I heard a crow calling. Dude, I want to read, I want to start writing my, my story again with the raven and the golden sheep. Are you going to publish it? <laughs> Until I die, I'm going to continue to ask. But anyway, let's get the show on the road. Five sentence summary. Boop. Or do we do ratings first? Let's do the five second summary or five sentence summary and then we can do a rating. Okay. I'm gonna start because it's mine. We follow the story of Angerboda, who's formerly known as Golvig Golvig? Golvig. as she has started her fourth rebirth, third? Third. Her third rebirth into the world in Norse mythology. She meets a man who she eventually falls in love with and has three children with. She meets her best friend, her husband. Wait, I thought we go back and forth. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I thought we go back and forth on these ones. I think we're supposed to go back and forth on the other one. 
Okay. <laughs> I know we go back and forth on one. I of them. think I it's the normal it. episodes we go back and forth. Oh God. This is why okay, it's important to have a normal recording schedule so you don't forget your own fucking layout. Anyways. She meets a man who she falls in love with and has children with. She also meets her best friend. Eventually, her husband betrays her and kills her with his family. And she is reborn for a fourth time. In her fourth rebirth, she then has to pick up the pieces of her third life and meets her best friend again. And they fall in love. And then it's Ragnarok, the end of the world. Okay, so we meet our main character, Anger Boda, who was killed three times but magically survived. She falls in love with the man that brings her her heart, and they have children together. As her children grow older, her husband frequents her less and less where she has a friend family friend who comes along the way to take care of her while he is gone come to find out the man that she loves or is in love with is loki who betrays his own family so that way he can survive in a sense because of this betrayal the children are taken away and anger boda is killed again but comes back to life and fights to keep the prophecy from happening while Ragnarok occurs. Jazz hands. Do you ever feel like Scotty is the, you're in a relationship and your boyfriend or husband is like, hey, I don't like your, your friend. And for Agrabota, do you feel like Scotty is the one that Agrabota is like, we're just friends. You don't have to worry about it. And then, like, you know, Maybe. that, like, after they break up, she dates that friend. And they're like, I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. I feel like maybe they didn't. I don't know. I feel like Ingerboda didn't. Maybe the inkling of feelings was there, but she didn't want to acknowledge them until finally she was like, okay, for sure. Like, she's into me, too, kind of thing. But also she had nothing else to lose. I don't think Angerboda knew she had feelings for Scotty because she was consumed with her feelings for Loki for so long that she just couldn't see Scotty's feelings because Loki saw Scotty's feelings. She ta- he taunts her about it a couple times in the book. Yeah. And we're, we're doing best parts right now. We're just things we want to talk about because that's how Bo's reviews go now. Um, what else did you want to talk about? How much Loki broke my heart during this book? Yeah, I mean, I was trying to find the wording for it. It's more so of, like, how he used... It was almost as if he used her. Like, he... Yes, he was in love with her, but he also got married to... I don't remember her name, right? Um, uh, it's, like, Key? Skeed? Skid? Singin'. Yes. Singin'. <laughs> and, like, he married her because he had to, right? Okay, cool. Understandable. But, like, also, the heartbreak that that brought to Angerboda was sad to see and then he goes and just rips her heart out again and she even says like what was the point of you giving back my heart if you were just gonna break it anyway you betrayed the family you called our children monsters like you're the monster and I mean he ends up kind of redeeming himself by going down and replacing hell 
So that way she could go back to, what are you shaking your head to? He doesn't replace Hell. He goes to her and appeals to her. But since the realms are already fusing together, that's how she can leave the realm. Oh, okay. He just takes her army to march against the... I want to call them the Asterians, and that's not right. And I've been watching my husband play way too much Baldur's Gate. As guardians. <laughs> the Asgardians, yes. Do you want to know a fun mythology fact that's not mentioned in this at all? Sure, go for I it. I don't know if I'm right about this, so if someone out there knows more than me, feel free to correct me. Loki has three wives. Like, we only hear about two. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, like, for that time period it wasn't normal, because it probably was. Especially, like, he's a god, so I feel like that's more normalized, but the way this kind of portrayed it, it was like, she felt betrayed. And maybe it's not something the giants do. And since both Angerboda and Loki are both giants, I could see her being offended at that. Yeah. But also, and, how, and part how of me, you give a woman her heart back just to break it? Right. Just to have your your sworn family tie her to a tree and kill her and take away her children oh it was the worst and throw her children into the sea banish them to the nether regions and bind them in unbreakable bonds Mm -hmm. and then we can talk about how angerboda tried very hard to like use sade to reach hell and she couldn't, and she tried to reach her other love. Who are the names of her children? Um, Gorgamond and Fen- Fenrir. Fenrir. So, like, she tried to reach them as well, and she couldn't. And so she goes on this long trek by herself with her. She finally, like, figures out who she was in the past life, which was the wolf mother? Uh, mother witch. Yeah, she was the mother witch, and she befriends the wolf that she used to be friends with before she died. And they go on this journey, and she sees Hell, and she talks to her, and Hell is just like, no, get the fuck out of my face. Like, I don't want to see you. And so, again, she's heartbroken again, but then sees her children, and, or Fenrir and Jorgamund, and they were like, we understand completely. And so that kind of gave her, like, that ounce of, like, courage, and like, okay, now I need to do what's best, because the prophecy is about to be fulfilled. And then she basically sacrifices herself. Can we talk about how how proud I am that Yorgamund and Fenrir didn't eat Loki on site? Yeah. I would have been like, you they motherfucker. Didn't. And can we talk about how 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 much Angerboda tried to save her children? They're like, if you just leave them with me, none of this will happen. Yeah. I was so upset when her kids got taken away. And it's all Loki. Fault. Yeah, I was so mad. Like, the amount of emotion that this book invoked. Like, I didn't cry, per se, but I was more so angry. Like, how could you do that to your own family? And call them monsters. I know. And then as soon as they they found out that you you called them monsters, their entire attitude changes. And then little hell is like, my brothers are monsters. I'm not a monster. Where is my right. dad? And she and he was Hell's favorite. Do you ever think it's funny in the beginning of the book where Loki and Angerboda are fighting? They're like, no, I'm Hell's favorite. And it's like, well, it's just so sad. I know. And then, like, when Hell wakes up, she sees the footprints and they're... And she thinks she's just been abandoned. <sighs> yeah. I cried during that part, too. I was like, he left her? But then he says, like, he had to, and then they have children, and it was like, oh, 
lovely the story like has a happy ending but it was like if only Angerbrota didn't have to sacrifice herself if only that Ragnarok didn't have to happen for the family to have to like you want the family to be back together again I mean technically they are in spirit because they do say it's like oh we see the ghosts of the smiling witch the the huntress and the the man with the crooked smile my whole thing is like where are the bro where are the boys where are they that's what I'm saying like (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I did enjoy this read. I was actually surprised at how much I enjoyed it. So I'm going to make you into a mythology fiend. You can try. (laughs) I'm trying. But what would you rate the book? We didn't talk about readings. I really liked it. I don't have my tablet. I think I would say five out of five. There were a couple of plot holes, but it's kind of like when you cover mythology shit, you end up filling in the blanks a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure someone who has a more vast amount of knowledge on Norse mythology and the poetic poetic etica than I do would probably find somewhere to poke holes in this, but I don't have that knowledge and I enjoyed it and it made me cry on the airplane like an idiot. So (laughs) (laughs) I have to give it a five out of five. I liked the way that it was written. Um, there were some parts of the book where it was kind of slow, so I was like, okay, let's fast forward. And then just like my lack of knowledge with Norse mythology and mythology in general, I would give it a four out of five because I did enjoy it. It did make me sad. It did make me happy. It made me mad. Um, but it's just that background knowledge that I don't have that kind of made me confused at some parts. So, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad read. I enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad you in- enjoy all the weird books that I decide to read. It's like, I would try to get you into Discworld, but you didn't get Good Omens, so... No, I'm I'm good. I feel like I think... British humor is not your, not your jam. It's not. I can do movies, but I can't do books when it comes to it's... British humor. What movie is in British humor? Shaun of the Dead. I've seen Shaun um... of the Dead. I've watched some other British movies. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. Uh, this isn't even like a British movie or British actors. You see Shaun of the Dead and all I can think of is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I don't know what that is. It's like a, a parody of horror movies where it's these two hillbilly dudes who are like, we rented this hunting cabin in the woods and we're just going to go hunting and have a great time. The stereotypical hillbillies that would, like, murder children in the woods. And it's this group of high schoolers who are camping. And then, like, a bunch of, a series of unfortunate events happen and the cops show up and Tucker and Dale are like, these kids are just, like, killing themselves in front of the cabin and we don't know what to do. She just ran into the wood chipper. Oh. It's it's funny and horrifying at the same time. I recommend it. Hmm, okay. It's like um the the movie's like not another teen movie. Oh, but yeah. it's like for horror movies, so it's 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 pretty fun. Any other best parts you want to talk about? We talk about Scotty and Angerboda are so cute together. I was gonna say Scotty. Scotty's the best. Being together. Yeah, yeah I just sucks. like how she was there through the whole time. Oh, I know. Yeah, who sucks? Who sucks? Is it Gerd? Oh, yeah, fuck that bitch. Yeah, I know, right? I was like, I don't care if you're good at weaving shit. You suck. You literally are the reason why the family had to... Like, you threw this family under the bus. It's like, 
If you had never taken Loki there, Angerbona never would have gotten killed for the fourth time. This poor woman. I know. I know. And and the fact that she gets mind raped by Odin how many times? Where she's yeah. like, it's like I'm drowning and I can't do anything. And he just keeps pushing me further down. When are we going to find, like, positive male representation? <laughs> just... We don't read Odin was also shitty, though. Hmm? I said Odin was also just shitty, though. Odin's just shitty in general. And Loki is shitty in general. Yeah, I agree. Like, there are times that you're like, oh, that's cute. Like, he's a good dad. No, he's not. He called his kids monsters. Oh, I had to marry this woman that I don't love because it's my duty as a sworn blood brother. I also killed my nephew because reasons. Well... Technically, his reason was, I'm giving him to hell, which is like, it's like, ah, it's a a good dad moment, but why do you suck? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let hell keep what hell has. But yeah, that's, those are the main points of just like, Angerbody, Angerbody, Angerboda and Scotty coming together and how Scotty was like, really the best one. Um, How shitty Gerd was. How shitty Loki was. Um, How shitty fucking Freya was. And Freya and Thor can suck my dick. Yeah. You're literally bullying a child. I know. Like, Marvel makes Thor seem like he's such this, like, great dude. But in reality, he's, like, piece of shit. That is the fun thing about mythology. You get to see all how shitty the gods are. In the yeah, Iliad, is- like, God, y'all are petty motherfuckers. Let me talk about how Iliad, so. I'm angry about how the Song of Achilles nerfed Patroclus. Still mad about that. Like, he is That's supposed to be a cocky little shit, and he was not. I just, I just wanted Achilles to have his equal, and it just wasn't. But it was cute, and I stand, so it's fine. You still talk about this book to this day, so. I love the Song of Achilles. I just wish Achilles, I wish Patroclus was, was more like he was in the Iliad. Oh. I just want you to know that Pluto shipped Achilles and Patroclus. All right, are you ready to read, um, what, do you want to do reviews, reviews first or discussion questions? I have discussion questions. Go for your discussion questions. I have none, so... There are also discussion questions in the back of the book. So do you want to do those first? Are we going to do all of them? Or are you no. going to pick some of them? I was going to say all of them are insane. Jesus fuck. Okay. This book draws strong. This is in the back of my copy of The Witch's Heart, by the way. Questions okay. for discussion. This book draws strongly on Norse mythology. Which of these gods and goddesses were you familiar with and which were new to you? How did the author's depictions of the deities you knew compare to the images you already had of them? Do you think basing a novel on established character makes it easier or harder to write? Shoot, I was familiar with none, except for Thor because of the movies and Loki. And I always knew Loki as the trickster and then Thor was some like great hero and reading this book, like I mentioned earlier, Thor was actually a piece of shit, and Loki was also a piece of shit. But isn't it fun to see it from the opposite side? Because you get to see Thor and Loki from the Asgardians' point of view. You're like, oh, they're gods. They're good. They're on our side. Versus Angerboda and Scotty are giants. 
Right. See, that makes more sense of, okay, now I can see why. And then how did the author's depictions of the deities you knew compare to the images you already had to them? Well, you're, I think you just kind of said, you're like, I, Thor's supposed to be this great dude. Yeah. And he's like a piece of shit. And I got mad when he started bullying a literal child. A child. Sorry, I'm moving because my back is killing me. But No, you're fine. You're a woman. Your back hurts. My back be hurt. <laughs> Do you think basing a novel on established characters makes it harder or easier to write? I feel like it makes it harder because people that know the story are probably going to be like, uh, that's not right. Actually, it's this. So I feel like it's harder. Whereas like people that may not know the story probably could care less about the details and the truth behind the details. That's where I was getting at where my rating, I was like, I liked it. Uh, someone who knows more about this might not. Mm -hmm. My cat is just being a little asshole. Can you hear We've her? We've established this three hours ago. No, Can I you I, hear I her? Hear. She's like messing in her box, being loud. This book, the book starts out with Loki literally giving anger about her heart back. What does this signify about the relationship? Well, he fucking breaks it. So I think it just, it's, it makes the betrayal so much worse. And I'm pretty sure we've talked about this in this episode, probably previous episodes. Like you literally gave her heart back just to break it. Mm -hmm. And then do you think this is is a significant reason for her trusting him, even though she knows he's Odin's blood brother and a trickster. Oh, absolutely. And I was like, I mean, shit, if someone her. gave my heart back, I'd be all like, we can be homies. And I mean, she was kind of hesitant to begin with, but then she was like, he kept showing her that he wasn't going to hurt her. Until finally, years later, however many years that was, he just basically was like, okay, just kidding. Isn't this just kind of like the bad boy trope where you're like, oh, I know he's a piece of shit, but he's not a piece of but shit to me. Him. Well, I'll, yeah. I guess you can also fix him, but I was going with it. Oh, he's not a piece of shit to me, so it's fine. Yeah. But I, I don't even, I don't think she wanted to fix him. No, but like, that's basically what it is, right? It's You see it even in modern times where it's like, I can fix him. I can make him better. Girl, he needs to go see a therapist. Girl, he's for Go the get streets. your tires rotated. <laughs> Go get your tires rotated. <laughs> oh, God. Um, even though Loki is known as the trickster god, Angerboda trusts him, did you? Were you surprised by his betrayal, or did you see it coming? I feel like I was on the fence. We, I think we both were. Like We're like, something's going to happen. I was we still upset when it, it happened. Yeah. So it's like we were both hesitant, and it's like... We want, we know because this is the story, something's going to happen. We just don't know what exactly it is. So when he did it, you were like, oh, no. I think it was also since I've never read Ragnarok from this point of view or Norse mythology from this point of view, from the giant's point of view, you're kind of like, okay, I know this is going to happen. How? Mm -hmm. How do the children get taken away? Is like the big thing for me. I was... Oh, I was so upset when it happened. <laughs> okay, um, Angerboda and Scotty's relationship is one of the most important and enduring in Angerboda's life. Describe how their relationship changes over time. How does Angerboda's Scotty relationship compare to Angerboda's and Loki's? Scotty loves her. I mean, Loki and loved shows her. her through actions. Okay, <laughs> and still shows up. 
even in the winter months. Um, I mean, they went from being, like, obviously just friends to lovers. <sighs> the one time I was disappointed in Scotty is what, after Anger Boda got killed, the fourth time, that I, I was kind of like, why didn't Scotty show up mm-hmm. to, like, untie her to the tree? Did we ever find out why? I honestly, if I try to think from Scotty's point of view, if you see the a friend or the person that you love tied to the tree and mauled, I don't know if I could emotionally handle that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's after... Doesn't Anger Boda see her at a, a feast? Mm-hmm. And Scotty kind of recognizes her and then she shows up in the woods? I don't think... It- wasn't it at the ship and they make eye contact? Like, they see each other? Yeah, yeah. Because she's, like, disguised as the old woman and Scotty's like, I know that bitch. And then she shows up in the Ironwood and she's like, you were dead. Yeah. And then we'll skip to the last question. The end of the book depicts the end of the world as Angerboda knew it with Ragnarok, yet she ensures that her daughter will find a happy life and her legacy will live on in stories. Did the ending make you happy, sad, or a mix of both? It was a mix of both. I mean, had already talked about it, too. How, like, I was happy that Hell survived, but I was sad that her and her mother couldn't be together. Because after all that time, they were separated, and then all Hell wanted was her mom when she woke up. And when Hell woke up, she was like, no, my mom wouldn't abandon me. Yeah. Not again. Which is sad. Well, she, uh, she didn't even abandon her in the first place. She literally got murdered. Exactly. And then Hell, like dedicated a whole gate to her mom and then when when Angerboda can finally show up because she's regained her powers mm-hmm. hell just is like nope fuck you ma'am i mean that's some typical teenage shit i don't blame her for that also she's been down there suffering in Niflheim for for years since she was five years old i don't blame her for being bitter how dramatic that would be what being stuck in literal hell as oh, a five-year-old yeah. and it's your dad's fault and you were a daddy's girl and then you hope and pray for years that your mom comes back to save you and she doesn't but she did try to save you but hell had no way of knowing that right but then anger Boda tries to tell her and she still was like no fuck you i can see the resentment <laughs> it, it makes sense to me i get it all right are you ready for my Discussion questions. So sure. Cool. What do you think about mythology? Hold on. Hold on. Uh, me. What do you think about mythologies reimagined? Would you read more of them? I mean, yes, because it makes it fun to read. I think what made me shy away from mythology in general is just because there's so much and there's just so much to go on that it gets confusing. And I'm like, I don't know who this person is. And there's just so much backstory, right? So when you have books that are retold where it makes sense to you then yeah i mean i do enjoy it. like i enjoyed the song of achilles i like this one so yeah have you read hamlet no yes i have to remember yes i have i was like, I'm in clarify. school though would you want to read hamlet from rosencrantz and guildenstern's point of view wasn't this on your list to go to begin with anyway? Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, yes. Mm-hmm. It's like a little baby right. book, though. Yeah, it doesn't mind. I we like can do like an Unhinged episode. I wouldn't do a 
series on it because it's it's little. Yeah, I'm just because like reimagined stuff is fun. I like seeing modern authors take older stuff and seeing what they can do with it. Uh, what do you think about the romantic relationships in the book? I think I kind of asked that with their discussion question. Um, it was interesting to see the relationship that Loki and Angerboda had versus the relationship that her and Scotty had. Who do you shit more? Angerboda and Scotty. Dude. If Loki hadn't fucked up, I might have supported them more. It's just... The fantasy of Angerboda getting a happy ending just... It just doesn't happen. And it makes me sad. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, as humans, don't we all just like happy endings? Yeah, we just want hope. And then I already asked my last question via the other one. Are you ready for reviews? Oh, yeah, that's what I've been reading. <laughs> oh, shit. How do I feel? I have like I a haven't bad found any feeling. The one star reviews are like, uh, and then one of them, I was like, oh, this is a good one. Then I saw the see more and then I was like, oh, uh, I'm not gonna. This is like a whole novel that this person wrote, but I'll go on this one. Because it's short. Okay. So one star review by Alex on Goodreads. This is a really hard review to write, but I think it's important to call out potentially problematic portrayals of LGBTQ plus relationships. All representation is not necessarily good representation. Trigger warning, transphobia discussed below, death by fire, traumatic childbirth. This book is teased as a feminist romance, female on female romance, woven into an epic retelling of Norse mythology. Simply put, it's not. The witch, Inger Boda, spends most of the novel as a seemingly stereotypical 50s-esque homemaker, mother, and wife to her husband. There's no inkling that she might be attracted to anyone else, let alone another woman that's suddenly convenient for the plot. Her sexuality seems shoehorned in, and it's disappointing that this was when the capitalized on for marketing purposes. What made this truly uncomfortable for me was that we didn't get to read Inger Boda's feelings about her second relationship. And it felt like the female-female relationship was written from a rushed distance, not present in the male-female relationship. Coupled with the wholly unnecessary and transphobic scene where several characters stand around commenting on how weird it is that a man is wearing a dress, I certainly can't recommend this. I had additional challenges with the characters, dialogue, and plot structure, and overall I'm really disappointed because I had high hopes going in. Have you read this? What are your thoughts? I don't know who advertised this as an LGBTQ book. Because mm-hmm. on Amazon, it's tagged with best science fiction and fantasy. So I wonder if that's like some TikTok shit. Maybe. I don't know. Because really... all I'm saying on here is fantasy as well. Let me see. My I can understand if I've gone on this rant before. Oh, it does say on Goodreads, LGBTQ. Oh, okay. I wonder if that's someone a tag that someone put on there. It could be, I think, because it says top shelves. But it says genres, LGBTQ. See, here's my my problem. I don't like it when people who haven't read the book advertise it because they literally don't know. And I feel like that happens a lot on social media. Mm-hmm. And then she didn't even talk about the fact that Loki gave birth. Yeah, she didn't finish her comment about traumatic childbirth. I think even that, though she had said that was a trigger warning. I think the traumatic childbirth was probably the the possible miscarriage of hell. Maybe. 
I like, but Loki was literally a female horse and gave birth. Like, yeah, that's, that's, I don't know about transphobic, but being a shift shifter, shape shifter has got to be fucking weird. But also my thing is too, like, who are you to say that, you know, I don't know. I, I get, it gets me because why do you get to make the decision, right? Why do you get to say, oh, this is transphobic? I, I don't know. I don't are you, like, like are you, to and I don't want to get into people. it. <laughs> right. Like, I don't like to get into it because, again, everyone is entitled to their own opinions. But it's also reading is supposed to be used to escape from reality. Right. And so when you read this and you get upset, are you getting upset because of what's going on in reality? Or are you getting upset because this is just not something that is following your belief system? You know what I mean? Because, like, I saw no issue. And maybe I'm the problem, but also how many other people didn't see an issue with it? And you're just trying to make an issue because it's woke. I can see the issue being like, oh, you're wearing girls clothes. But it's like also mythology and pretty misogynistic to begin with. Mm -hmm. And isn't that just keeping with the source material? And I don't think Anger Boda berates him for wearing a dress. She's just like, why are you wearing a dress? Mm hmm. And then he has to explain himself. And I don't think that's transphobic, but that's just my opinion. All right, ready for my five-star review from Amazon? Sure, go for it. From Betsy. If you like mythology, if you don't, what's wrong with you? A wonderful mm -hmm. tale that uses North Norse mythology by giving the gods and goddesses and giants a lifelike world. The myths are correct, but the characters seem very human. I highly recommend the this book. That was five stars. Want me to read mine? So this one's a five-star review by Jennifer. What a unique mashup of genres in this book. I love a witch story and I adore this cover. Anger Boda has been banished and even burned at the hand of Odin when she is found by Loki. The two fall in love and they have three children together. Each child has a destiny. Anger Boda keeps a secret until their futures are in danger. The Witch's Heart is an epic story, stunningly written, engaging, consuming, original, and awe-inspiring. The depth and marvel to the story, as well as the skilled writing, reminded me of Signe Pike's epic works, of whom I'm a gigantic fan. Don't let the witches and paranormal aspects scare you off. This book will enchant anyone. What star was that? That was five. Okay. Ready and this one's another five star where they, sorry, they just, it's really short. Um, yeah, go for it. They love that the woman-shaped gaps in history and mythology was executed in this book. See, that's where I'm like, I like mythology, like, Mainly man, men, male point of view mythologies are then taken from female point of views. I like it. Maybe that's just because I'm a woman. <laughs> are you ready for this one star review from... Is it Clara? Sierra? I don't know. This is a poorly written, written YA novel lacking any mythol mythol mythical or historical atmosphere or depth. The characters sound as if they're written as if they are modern day tweens. I had such high hopes for this book. The story may have potential. However, the writing and characterization were so awful. You are better reading Circe, God of Jade and Shadow, or any other mythology-based book. Didn't you say Circe was boring? Yeah. Now I have to read Circe, and we need to do an unhinged review on it together. Here's another um, one star. 
hokey, cheesy. Then the author made the character gay at the end. Weird move. <laughs> and, didn't get, and didn't add anything to the actual story. <laughs> Interesting. Go off. <laughs> it's not like she built the relationship throughout the book or anything, especially with Scotty literally getting jealous of Loki and Scotty being like, I'm going to rip your husband's balls off. I know. Are you sure you didn't make those kids by yourself? Unhinged. I have a three-star review from Tony. Okay. They say an old witch lived in the east in Ironwood, and there she bore the wolves who chased the sun and moon. If you're expecting Marvel-style Norse gods, well, you may need to rethink what you're going to read. The witch's heart is about Angerboda, who was punished by Odin and from her injuries and fleas. She is later found by Loki, who ends up with who she, who she ends up with three children with, all unique with all and all with purpose, purpose that will change the nine worlds together. I enjoyed the story. It was well done. The story was very different. You can tell there was a lot of research, thought, and planning that went into this debut novel. It is her debut novel, by the way. Oh, okay. A love for mythology. I was very interested to read this one for sure. There was a lot of character development I will touch on again, and all the feelings for the story that unfolded. As much as I enjoyed this story, it started to slow and took a while for me to get into it. It took around 100 pages, and there was a bit too much character development at the start for me because there was some story development missing. But this is my own opinion. I like a lot of plot mix with character development as we go. And it felt a bit too... And it felt it was a bit too long from it. I did enjoy the story, the mythology, and very interested in what Genevieve Dwornichek puts out next. A good debut, strong three stars for me. And then they put hell, a wolf emoji, and a snake emoji. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> my name's Tony. Oh, and then people are like, I didn't like the ending. I think I'm done with my reviews yeah it was it was a mix a strong mix of threes and fives not as many ones but the ones that did have one reviews oh, oh. were mostly lgbtq related i'll read out the the review percentages five star 63 percent four star 25 percent three star eight percent two star two percent one star one percent so f overall on amazon has a 4.5 out of five I liked it. She obviously knows more about Greek mythology, Greek, probably, Norse mythology than I do. Well, I would hope so she wrote about it, but I'm sure you could get that way too. I am taking science classes, so I don't have time to, to follow my passions. That's okay. School first, then passions. Yep. All right, what, are, what's, what book are we reading next, Maria? So, we are reading My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moshvig. Moshvig. Sorry, Otessa Moshvig. Um, so, join us for our next episode as we read section one, which is from the beginning to... And I thought this book didn't have chapters, but unfortunately, friends, it does have chapters, but they're extremely long. So we're just going to stop at page 144 at the top. So join us next time as we get into it. Yay. And remember to follow us on Instagram.
subscribe to us on Spotify where you're living podcast or email us at books at you bitches, bitches is spelled with a one at gmail.com.